Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. How are you? It's a, it's a nice, nice violin with that video there. Um, so, my name is Alan. I'm the student's pastor here at Reach Community Church. And uh, today, I'm going to be filling in for Pastor Heath. And what I'd like to share with you uh, today is going to be about gratitude or uh, thankfulness. So one of the essential attitudes, one of the essential motivations, essential spiritual realities in the life of the church and what life flows through that church is, is gratitude. The church um, in itself has various internal systems. It has attitudes, it has concepts, it has spiritual realities and motivations that carry the life of the church, that carry its, its spiritual life. Some of those things are faith and obedience and attitudes of love and humility and unity and forgiveness. And the one in which we are going to focus on today will be the spiritual attitude of thankfulness, of uh, gratitude. And let me start with this story. It comes from Luke's Gospel in chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers lepers who stood at a distance. And in those days, uh, lepers always stood at a distance because it was believed and probably true that their particular disease had infectious capabilities. And so they were basically quarantined and isolated into leper colonies. And they were kept to themselves apart from any interaction with, with healthy people. You know, COVID-19 on steroids. And so these ten lepers stood at a distance from Jesus and lifted up their voices, sort of screaming at him, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. It might seem like a, like a strange command because when a leper believed that he indeed had recovered from his disease and was well, he was to go to a priest. And there was to be a purification ceremony that assured that that in fact was the case. And then he could recirculate among the people. And so Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, it says, they were cleansed. Now they started out in an act of faith heading for the priest. Nothing had happened before they started in that direction. It, it happened as they were going. Ten of them, and, and this is the, the remarkable part of the story. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. Now he was a Samaritan. And so this is important, uh, because it's almost inconceivable that one could be cured of something as terrible as leprosy. Something which render a personal, a person socially unclean, ceremonially unclean, and put you in isolation with others of that same frightened disease. 
He cuts you off from, from your family and loved ones and the synagogue and all the social events, really all the interactions that, that make up life. And then to be totally cleansed. You would think that 10 of them would have come back and fallen at the feet of, of Jesus and, and given thanks. The only one who did, uh, interestingly enough, is a Samaritan. And the interesting part about that is that there was a mutual hate that had been engendered by the fact that Samaritans were half-breed people. The, that race came from the loins of Jews who intermarried with, with Gentiles, a despicable thing to most Jews at that time. And so this was remarkable indeed, for here came uh, a Samaritan falling on, on the face falling on his face at the feet of a Jew and thanking him. Then Jesus answered, Where there are not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And that... uh, uh, that part of has made you well. In Greek, it literally means your faith has saved you. Ten got healed um, and one got saved. It's a wonderful story for the one. It's, it's a tragedy for the nine. It illustrates how uh, ugly, how detrimental being unthankful can be. How hard to understand that these people could so quickly forget the very one who was the source of their cleansing of, of their saving grace. In Romans chapter 1, as, as we think about this matter of gratitude, when the Apostle Paul indicts society, sinful society, when he indicts the nations of the world, the indictment or accusation is, is very specific. And be, before we, we continue, I... Uh, uh, I uh, I am a fan of saying this every time I, uh, I preach. I know that we tend to want to apply whatever we hear at church to the person sitting next to us or someone else comes to mind. But right now as we pray, let's uh, pray that our hearts are open to the indications of the Holy Spirit for our own life and not for our friends, for our spouse, for our kids or, or anyone else. So if you can uh, join me in prayer, please. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be here today. I, I pray that as we hear these, these verses, Lord, we not apply them to someone else as right as we, as we could think uh, we are about applying them to them. Uh, help us apply them to ourselves because if we want to think about an ungrateful person, Lord, we just need to look into a mirror. So I, I pray that uh, um, you open our hearts to, to these verses, and hopefully with your strength we can become more like, your, like you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So Paul, he says in verse 21 of Romans 1, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, being unthankful is really right at the top of God's list of, of big no-nos. It may, and it may be easy uh, to understand or comprehend someone who is not saved uh, as being a very unthankful person. Uh, but it certainly should not characterize uh, 
God's people. We can understand that nine lepers who didn't know God could be thankless. We can understand a world of thankless people, but what about a, a, a thankless uh, Christian? What about us? First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, uh, give thanks to God. God desires this. That little phrase uh, at the end of verse 18 actually follows all three commands from verses 16 and 17. Rejoice, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give thanks to God. It has that, that unlimited requirement in everything. It has the idea of being in, in connection with everything that occurs in life, no matter what it is, with, with the exception of personal th- sin. Don't, don't be thankful for your own personal sin. But in everything, give thanks. No matter what the situation, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the trial, we are to find reasons to, to thank the Lord. There's another verse in Second Timothy Chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, that says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. And what Paul is saying there is that in the last days, uh, growing... Growing in gratitude in people would be one of the, of the signs of, of the end times. Down in that same chapter, in, in verse 13, he said that evil men would get worse and worse. The closer we get to the coming of Christ, the more wicked men become. The more wicked men become, the more thankless they are. So we might not be surprised to see unsaved people going through life complaining, bitter, angry, thankless, without any gratitude, expecting everything good that comes their way and a lot more. Uh, the, the unsaved men in, in our culture, in our time, views life as moving along a path of manipulation and luck combined. Um, he manipulates as much as he can. And hopes for luck to come in and, and help him. Or he may view life fatalistically as some inevitable force which he must reluctantly accept and he can't do, do anything about it. Or he may view life as the end product of his sheer genius, of his great effort and, and his amazing skill. And we even hear people today be so brash as to thank themselves for what they are. But for believers, uh, we, we know God is at work, and we know that God is unfolding a divine agenda and a divine plan and a divine purpose. Um, each component is determined by Him for our benefit and, and our good and ultimately for, uh, for His glory. He's, uh, he's leading us to a sovereign, sovereignly designed goal. And for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 28. 
God is, is unfolding a, a purpose. And at the end of that purpose, uh, is, is good for his own. In fact, first, first Peter chapter four, verse 12, uh, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. You know, it's, it's not strange to go through a fiery trial. It's not strange to go through testing when God knows, knows the, the end result. But as Christians, we, uh, we struggle with gratitude. And it's not just the lack of joy that goes against biblical principles, but it's also the lack of gratitude. We, uh, we want to thank God for every blessing, every small blessing, every small goodness, every large goodness, every single little thing that, that God provides for us. But the, real, the reality, and uh, I found this kind of weird quote uh, that says, There are some people who can find the manure pile in any meadow. Um, there's, they're going to find, we're going to find some reason to, to complain. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what, what is going on, we can be, we can be negative. Um, I mean, do we not have the greatest single reason, the greatest single cause to be thankful for? Uh, you know, we are to be overflowing with gratitude, right? It ought to be for all of us an absolute constant way of life. And look, I'm, I'm certainly not point, pointing any, any fingers or surely not condemning anyone. Romans say one is clear that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, I just want us to self-examine ourselves to see in which, which ways we can become more like Christ. And you know how, how thankful we are, uh, certainly amongst, amongst other things, uh, can reveal the, the health of, of our souls. When the Apostle Paul um, describes what being filled with the Spirit looks like, uh, he doesn't point to ecstatic uh, experiences or, or, or miraculous gifts, though we may experience this, but he, he points to thankfulness. Ephesians 5, 18, 20 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. How? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, Given thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul describes what being governed by the peace of and, and word of Christ looks like, he doesn't point to, to an absence of, of conflict or our level of theological sophistication. He points to, to thankfulness. Colossians 3, 15, 16 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, uh, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. When Paul describes what our living in the will of God looks like, he doesn't point to how well our current roles in life match our dreams or our desires or aspirations or how big our house is or how big our bank account is or the job we have or the school we're in or how many followers we have or how many likes we get 
or, or if we have a long streak on our Bible lab, or if we read the Bible every morning, he points to, uh, to thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When Paul describes what our freedom from sexual sin or other kinds of defiling sin looks like, he doesn't point to the absence of temptation. He points to, to thankfulness. Ephesians 5 verses 3 to 4 says, Sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. And if, if we want to know how healthy our souls are, our, our levels of gratitude could be, help, could be of help determining that. So with that in mind, and pretty much knowing that to be thankful is a biblical commandment, let's explore some of the reasons, and there, be, there are certainly many more, um, of why we may struggle at being thankful. Uh, the first thing that can hinder our gratitude could be doubt about God's sovereign power. Or let's say doubt slash forgetfulness about God. Um, if we doubt or forget God is really in charge, if we're unaware of that or don't believe it, if we're not sure God is really all wise, if we doubt or forget He knows everything about everything, if we doubt He really loves us as His own, if we doubt or forget He really has our best interests in mind, if we're not sure He's trying to perfect us into the image of His Son, if we don't understand God and His purposes, then I think we might have a difficult time at being thankful. And the thing about this is to really figure all those things out is going to take work and time and investment of energy into finding out more about God and reading, reading His Word and whatnot, which a lot of times is just an inconvenience for all of us. And so if we understand all of this, the problem then, then becomes that we might forget it. So why not, why not be thankful for everything if we know God's power is at work in it, God's wisdom is at work in it, God's purpose is at work in it, God's, God's love is expressed through it. But if we doubt that or, or forget it, then we might have a difficult time at being thankful. A second thing that may hinder our, our gratitude is selfishness. And, and, and this can certainly... Uh, link up so much with, with joy is, is that attitude that says no matter what I've got I don't have what I really want I, uh, I don't have enough I, I, cho- I just want more and my will is more important than, than God's will I don't know what God has for me but I know what I want for me and, and God out to deliver and we might not say those things verbatim but it is it is what our way of thinking and actions might express sometimes. I want my circumstances to be different. I want my children to be different. I want my life to be different. I want my ministry to be different. I want my spouse to be different. I want my job to be different. I want to look different. I want a lot of things different. And if that's what drives us, 
and we've set our own agendas, then we're going to have trouble. And that really destroys gratitude. On the other hand, if, if, if we focus on searching for God, for what God wants and trust that his, He will give us what He wants us to have, then I think we'll, we'll have an easier time at being uh, thankful. A third thing is uh, worldliness. And awfully, awfully hard to, to sort ourselves out from that in this, in this culture. If, if we're into the, the pleasures and the, and the people and the places and the possessions and the, and the pursuits and the popularity and the likes and the followers and the prestige and we just want all the things the world says that makes people satisfied and happy, we're going to have a, a difficult time at, at being thankful. Because you know, we're, we're never going to have all of that. And when you get some of it, you won't have enough of it. And you know, this, uh, this society, either through, uh, through advertisement or social media or any, any forms of entertainment, paints a picture of what we should have in order to be happy and, and joyful and thankful. And it does such a good job at it that we tend to forget the, the simple things in life we should be thankful for. Food, health, a home, a car, a job, people who love us and, and care for us. There's literally millions, if not billions, of, of people who, who do not have these things. A fourth thing that, that could be hindering our uh, gratitude is a, is a critical spirit. If, if we're bitter or, or negative, if we criticize others, if we just kind of have a, a sour attitude on life. And, and you know how, how we may get that? We may get that by having unrealistic expectations of what we deserve. We may get that because we think we ought to control everything. And there's some things we can't control. And that bothers us. And some of us get it. Uh, we understand it and... and and, you know, this is the sad part. We still feed it like a monster until it get, gets as big as a dinosaur. And many times when we speak, the dinosaur roars. And it roars because we've cultivated the wrong fruit. Don't let yourselves be, be critical two days in a row or two hours uh, uh, in a row or two half hours in a row. Don't, don't build that, that kind of habit. If it's unchecked, it will just, just smash a, a thankful heart into bits. This, this our attitude can corrode our love, it can corrode our joy, it can corrode our peace, it can corrode our spirituality. Uh, a critical spirit that always criticizes sees what's wrong with everybody else, what's negative, what isn't the way we, we want it to be, what, what isn't under our control. Always looking at things from a negative side, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing to do. And when we cultivate that habit, uh, we get so into, into it that uh, it becomes a, a monster to slay. A fifth uh, hindrance to, to gratitude is uh, impatience. We may, you know, think God isn't moving us as fast. It's, it's not so much that we want this or that, it's that we want it now. We sort of have our, our own timetable, and the perception is if that God's not on our schedule, well, we're on our schedule, we've got our appointment, and He's not keeping the appointments. We want God to work for us, and we want Him to work, and obviously we just 
we need to, to be more patient. Letting God un- unfolding, unfold his, his purposes in, in his time and be thankful that he knows the, the timing better than we do. Certainly easier said than done for sure. Um, another one is, is coldness. And by what I, what, what I mean about that is a, a, a lukewarmness, a lack of seal for God, lack of diligence in scripture, lack of, lack of passion in prayer, lack of interest in, in worship, neglecting of the Bible, a, a sort of a spiritual indifference that, that produces a coldness and a lukewarmness that just kills gratitude. When, when we spend our time in, in the Word and we spend our time in prayer and we spend our time in worship and we spend our time in servicing the King and the Kingdom, it, it, it excites gratitude. And one last point is, is rebellion. And this is a, a very strong attitude that mitigates against gratitude. And this is when we're in a settled state of anger towards God because things didn't go or are not going our way or the way we want them to go. And in this state of rebellion, we run the risk to sin against God where we might not stick to our convictions, uh, to our convictions as strongly as we did yesterday and begin to make our own decisions where we indulge in our own desires. You know when, so, but we know that when things are, are not going or haven't gone our way, uh, God is still at work in our lives. And some questions we may ask in discovering this are, God, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to show me? What can I learn from this and help me praise you and thank you, even though I may be struggling with this right now? And if I can invite the, the worship team up back, please. So all, all, this kind, uh, all this kind of stuff, uh, ingratitude, just destroys the church. We, we want to have a church full of, full of joy and, and blessing and happiness and peace where people love each other and the church grows and, and it flourishes. So let's pray to God that uh, we can be attentive to the hindrances in our own lives that may cause us to, to become unthankful. Don't, let's ask the Lord to, with help, so that they don't get cultivated in our, in our lives. And, you know, this, this may sound a little cliche, but, you know, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, God's holiness that makes Him perfect and He never makes a mistake. God's goodness and mercy, which is always available which is overflowing and abounding towards us in the gift of Jesus Christ. All the good gifts that flow, that flow down from Him, the, the victory over sin and death, divine guidance, complete provision for all our needs, the hope of heaven, the power of the Word, and on and on and on and on we go. Lots of reason to give thanks, and if we... The church are to be the, the church of Jesus Christ and His life is what flows through that church. Let's then show this world the life they are, they are missing out on, not the other way around. Let's uh, show them the, the purpose, uh, peace, confidence, gratitude, and, and, and thankfulness we possess. You know, even for, even for the trials, even for the pain uh, even for the suffering that we experience in, in this world. 
Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today, Lord. Thank you so much for having the, the free gift of salvation, even though it certainly comes with a, a change in life, Lord. I, um, I pray that you may open up our hearts to the things that we, that we need to work on in our lives so that we can cultivate thankfulness more. And uh, through thankfulness, I know we can begin cultivating other uh, spiritual realities and spiritual attitudes, uh, such as patience, joy. Um, so, Lord, I pray that, that you help us. Um, we, we're all struggling with this. We might not be struggling with it at the same level, but we all are. Uh, so I pray, Lord, that uh, you help us in that section of our, of our spiritual life. Um, and, you know, uh, next week we'll, we'll work on something else. But for now, Lord, help us work uh, in this. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.